You're listening to Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome back to Blank Scenario. We have a special episode for today because it includes not just us talking, but also what the viewers submitted. I say viewers. I guess technically listeners. Listeners. We don't <laughs> listeners have a visual submitted. component. <laughs> you're watching your phone as this is playing. You're, you're a viewer now. Congratulations. Immediately one person <laughs> ran to YouTube to find <laughs> nothing. Sorry, we're not there yet. But as always, I am your lovely host, Marie, a.k.a. Queen in Yellow. And I am the less lovely host, the Grumpy Elf, <laughs> Aka Casey. We are doing a special episode using Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Van Richten's Guide to Van, Ravenloft. Van? Van? Van Richten. Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Van Richten. However you say it. We're using the Guide to Ravenloft book today. It's, it's the guy from Ravenloft. <laughs> it's the guy that's not, um, what's his name from Dracula, but close enough, Van Helsing. It's not Van Helsing, but might as well be. You mean Van Richten? <laughs> Instead of Van Helsing? Yeah. yeah, not the same guy. <laughs> well, now that we've wasted time for about a minute and a half, and we've lost that viewer. <laughs> Sorry, listener. <laughs> so back in December, which is, man, a month ago now, we posted that we were looking for character submissions for a special episode, aka this one. We needed a couple of characters to be able to craft a Domain of Dread and a Dark Lord around, and we had some very fun ones sent in as well as a couple of Dark Lords themselves for us to use. So thank you to everyone that sent stuff in. Really appreciate it. Um, as Robin Jeremiah say to our 10 listeners. <laughs> I will go ahead and pass it over to Casey, who's going to introduce the characters that we received. And then I will introduce the Dark Lord I've created around those characters. Well, since you've mentioned them, I feel that it is only fair to start with Robin Jeremiah. So we got three separate submissions from our friends over at the Theoretical Insights of D&D. And then I will name, name and shame, the other people who <laughs> have turned in characters. So the first one is named Ford or Fjord, not related to Critical Role. They are a human blood hunter. And Fjord or Ford was raised on a farm. With a rough upbringing, he ended up being attacked by lycanthropes and became the sole survivor of his family. He ended up being injected with a concoction that made him a blood hunter. Uh, also, he's a vampire. That is apparently included. <laughs> so, oh, also, he's a vampire. And he has a, a hat that keeps him from being affected by the sun. Uh, his personality is that he has a plan for what to do when things go wrong. His ideal is people because he's loyal to his friends. He had someone that he loved but died because he made a mistake. So that is his bond. And then his flaw, which is what we'll probably be focusing on, <laughs> is he tends to put himself in danger for people that don't even know him. Hmm. The next one that is not a critical role knockoff <laughs> is Peppernilly Botch, <laughs> which is a gnome blade singing ward. I do not ward, name. wizard. <laughs> Gnome blade also singing wizard. <laughs> he might have a ward. There, there is that. So he's a gnome blade singing blade. Yeah, blade singing wizard. I don't know why my brain is like that's not right. It's not blade singing. It's blade dancing. No, it's blade singing. So Peppernil acts exactly how his name sounds. He is pompous and foolish. He believes that those around him are um, 
less superior than he is. And because he was trained in blade dancing. See, it is blade dancing. <laughs> Y'all got Rob. it wrong. Um, I blame you, Rob. Um, that he is God's gift to the earth. He is a real piece of work. And uh, that is Pepernilly Botch. Um, focusing on his bond, he is, in fact, in love with the heir of a family that despises, or that his family, mm. that the Botch family, done botched. <laughs> That his family despises. So that's Pepperelli Botch, gnome, blade, singing, maybe dancing, maybe musical, wizard, <laughs> could be, wizard with a desire to be on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, last but not least, from our friends over at Theoretical Insights, Aziel Hizal, which that one to me rolls off the tongue. I like that one better. <laughs> really, is a human <laughs> war domain cleric. His mother was murdered whenever he was eight. And he watched her die. Real uplifting story. His father forced him and his brothers to learn to defend themselves. He was trained as a war cleric. He has a very close line to Vulcan and prays slash talks to him regularly. And is one day hopeful that he can sink an axe into the head of the person that killed his mother. And his main flaw, if you could have a main flaw off of that awesome backstory <laughs> is that he judges others harshly. No, but he judges himself even more severely. So that is Aziel Hizal. Thank you to Theoretical Insights for Fjord, Ford, Pepperonelli Botch, and Aziel Hizal. Yep, and shout out to their new show, Dreadful Six. One of those characters is featured in that. I will leave it up to you to listen to find out. Um, next up is actually an old guest that we had on here. We have Levi Smith, who sent in a dwarf sorcerer by the name of Porrit Stone Marrow. He was a guide in the Bear Hills, a poor guide, and after getting a witch, uh, a witch's cursed. What in the world? <laughs> to be he was fair, a bad guide. Did not he edit got any a, of these. He got they a just witch. copy and pasted. <laughs> okay, let me let me attempt this again, because Levi can't write this bad. <laughs> Porrit was a guide in the Bear Hills. He was a bad guide, and after getting a witch lost, he got cursed. You got that? Because I'm not repeating it. Uh, his personality traits are that he rarely plans ahead. I can tell. And he enjoys making up stories. Yeah, because he doesn't plan ahead. And the main idea we're going with is that gold and wealth can justify almost anything. So almost an arrogance, greedy mm -hmm. kind of... He's going to get along really well with uh, Pepernilly. With Pepernilly. <laughs> so that's from Levi. Yep. And last but certainly <laughs> not least, we have a special submission from somebody very close to one of us. <laughs> yep. My dad sent us a submission from a character that actually is featured in a game he ran back in like the 90s. Don't say it like that's that long <laughs> ago. You were born then. How old am I? Not that old. I was not. I, I was around then. You were born before I was. I was born before. I don't know how well I want to put this to where it's not like I was old in the 90s. I wasn't at all. Okay. So getting back on track. So this one is from Dwayne Bull. Um, Daddy King in Yellow. I don't know if I would call that, but sure. Why not? That would make you the princess and, and uh, you know, whatever. Sure. We'll go with it. The Lord in I'm Yellow. I'm also, I'm queen. There you go. I'm the, queen. Thank you. So I outrank people. He's Lord in Gold. There you go. We'll go with yeah. that. The Lord in Gold, <laughs> father of the queen in yellow. 
Anyways, uh, Dwayne sent us in a guy who is named after his race, his character's race, by the name of Pelin. He is a warlord and or warrior. He comes from the world of Pelin and for Pelin, this is going to get real confusing. Just so as you know, <laughs> the people of Pelin, there are only four allowed to enter any world, two male and two female at any given time. They can travel for 24 hours at a run, and then they'll need one day of rest. They are extremely strong, healthy, and very good looking, according to the Pelons. <laughs> the big flaw that goes along with this is that Pelin, or Pelins, I guess, anger quickly. They cannot drink milk or eat cheese made from cow's milk. When this happens, they get drunk and extremely lovey-dovey towards, <laughs> towards any opposite sex yeah downside ironically the only one i had to worry about maybe editing or censoring was from my dad go figure <laughs> thanks lord in yellow <laughs> thank you very much for that one those are our five characters we'll share the full details online wherever we can post them because there's a lot there obviously because that's five full characters that have been made plus Dwayne's comes from a level of D that is several editions back which yeah. means it is far more detailed than most sin in yeah and of course stats don't copy over as easily so. and better written than levi's love you levi <laughs> levi we love you man we legitimately <laughs> we love you man all right let's go yep. so quick overview from chapter two of van Richten's guide on how to create a domain of dread and a dark lord I'm just going to cover a couple quick highlights because you can probably find all this online at this point because there's, I'm sure, 12 wikis out there that have this. Or if you've got a copy of it, you can flip through yourself. 12 what? Wikis. You totally said wiki. <laughs> 12 wikis out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 12 wikis. Wikipedias. Okay. The, what is it called for the fan ones? Is it fandom? Uh, yeah, fan the fandom pages out yep. there. The wikis. The wheeze. <laughs> <laughs> Say it worse and worse now. Just watch. Panglings. <laughs> yep. So in creating a Dark Lord, one of the first things to consider is your party, as we've introduced them, and create reflections of them. What it recommends to do is ask your players to select one or two of their traits that they are most fond of. I have done that on my copies. And twist those. The darker, the better. So example is for Ford, his flaw is he puts himself in danger for people that don't know him. I twisted that to create a dark reflection of I go out of my way to harm others even if they don't know my name. The idea is you need something that's directly antagonistic towards your players and can also act as a sort of a dark mirror as to what you could have become. Then you have to figure out where your dark lord came from, their personality, their traits themselves. What is it about them that makes them evil? And then you need to figure out what evil act was it that pushed them over that edge. One fact of the Dark Lords that you want to make sure you really hone in on, these guys are not redeemable. There's no redeeming quality about them that the players can leverage and make them good. Now, you as a DM can run them in a way that appears redeemable, that appears appealing. That is fine. But as far as the mechanics and the personality goes, they are the bad guy. Plain and simple. Just for future reference. That said, Chris Perkins and Rule Zero is in effect. If you as the DM want them to be redeemable, you make them redeemable. 
That's true. And there is a question that's asked later on of can they die at any point? And that could be one of those things where they die if something happens to redeem them mm-hmm. type of thing. But in general, you want them to be, as it says in one of the titles, corrupt beyond redemption. They are not, this is not Thanos. This is not someone misunderstood. <laughs> and for me, I think that's the most important aspect because even when you watch Marvel films, how many references now have been to Thanos was right in like half the films and shows that have come out? Yep. And it creates a misunderstood villain that you can sympathize with. That's not what these Dark Lords are. They are evil. They are corrupt. They are not someone you want to mess with. They're the definition of mustache twirling while still being dangerous. Evil for evil's sake. Exactly. And then once you have your Dark Lord's personality, their backstory, their history figured out, you create a domain that is a reflection of them. So, for example, Curse of Strahd is a vampire. He is very dark, very powerful, very brooding. His domain reflects that. So you want to make sure that you match up where they live with what they are. And the domain also itself is a torment for them as much as it is for people around them. It's not just that they are in charge. They are, in a sense, as much of a slave to the mist that creates their domain in Ravenloft, or their domain in... Um, yeah, it's oh, Ravenloft. Is it Ravenloft? Okay. Because Barovia is one of the Death specific yeah. ones underneath yeah. it. Yeah. The Dark Lords are as much as a slave to the mist in Ravenloft as everyone is stuck there with them. So... They're in charge, but not really. <laughs> the world's worst underlings. Pretty much. So that's very quick overview on how to create a Dark Lord in a domain. So I have created one in advance for the character that we are given. The reflections that I made are wealth is useless except to convict yourself or to admit guilt. Uh, I mentioned with Fords, I go out of my way to harm others, even those who don't know my name. I cannot see any fault with myself, despite others clearly showing it to me. So, very narcissist. And unless I am drunk, rage consumes me. So, this guy is getting drunk a lot. (laughs) Unless I am drunk, rage consumes Mm -hmm. me? How did you come up with that? (laughs) Because of Helen, I anger quickly, especially when drunk. So, I just flipped the scenario. Okay. That was the abbreviated version of the flaw that I wrote down to reflect, at least. Okay. Hmm. And my favorite one, I despise the heir of the family that my family has decided is perfect for me. Arranged marriages. Mm -hmm. And that is really where this Dark Lords comes in. So he's the last born son of his family. So he was not meant to do anything other than keep up appearances. And as a child, he would do something wrong. And the family to cover it up would pay off whoever it was that was a victim. And he grew to resent that. Hence the idea that wealth is useless except to convict yourself. So anytime someone was paid off for something he did to harm them, he felt he was being accused of it. And that led back into the idea that he is perfect in his own eyes, at least. So anyone that he grew up close to was taken away just because, again, he is the last son. He just is there to kind of help keep things in appearance. Um, And then he was given an arranged marriage to a family heir that he immediately despised. And this is where it definitely gets tragic. (laughs) For his corruption, the thing that he did that pushed him over the edge. Because I imagine this is that kid that, or this is the guy that as a kid, you're like, he's a serial killer one day, right? That type of personality. People are like, yeah, he's he's not going to be a pleasant person who grows up. And it turns out he wasn't a pleasant person. Mm Mm-hmm. 
he was just very good and had a wealth enough family that wanted to cover up stuff. So he destroyed any relationships his wife formed, just as his family had done to him. And he also used all of his cruel planning, all of his cruel intent in order to torture her, essentially leading to her committing suicide. Now, the reason why this is irredeemable, because I realize there's a lot of dark fairy tales about that, like Bluebeard and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is not necessarily like, oh, that's tragic. What he did was he invited his wife's sister to visit, which is unusual because he doesn't have a kind bone in his body. And as a final straw to torment his despised wife, he killed his sister-in-law and then served her to the wife. And then watched as his wife jumped off the building. So at any point he could have prevented it, but he took steps to ensure that this happened. Boy, this took a turn. (laughs) I'll probably need to put like a sensor warning on this episode. (laughs) I'm sorry, Carla. I tried. (laughs) So I gave him the name of Vemlu. Um, Femlu uh, Dastur. So that is kind of where he comes from. Once his wife jumped off and she killed herself, again, he witnessed all this. At any point, could have stopped it. And that's when the mist took over. So you're saying his wife was the jumping off point? <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I mean, that's we need some levity <laughs> in this situation. Well... Um, Once the mist consumed him, he became the Dark Lord Mm -hmm. into his domain, which I don't have a name for it, but I have descriptions at least. And he and some of his family and his servants and the surrounding village around them were trapped within this domain. Now, in order for the cycle to continue, Vimlu begins to decay the longer he is unwed. He essentially looks like a lich, even though he really doesn't have that much magic. But he begins to decay and deteriorate. Until... A new bride is found for him from the surrounding villages and brought to the um, castle to be wed to him. At which point, because the bride's family was paid off for giving over their daughter, which he despises that act, that new bride is now tormented until she succumbs to the same fate as a first wife. Which, he is now in wed, cycle continues. You know what you did? What? You created an anti-Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. That's what you did. (laughs) Look at what you've done. One thing I tried to keep in mind was for the domain is he has a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And this money is how the servants basically are acquiring new brides for him. Because, of course, poor peasant village, your daughter has been chosen to be, you know, the new bride of the Lord. Congratulations. Here's money for losing your daughter. Because your air quotes losing their daughter. Whether they realize that or not, it's kind of up to villagers. But because the family's being paid, Bimlu doesn't like that. And that triggers that cycle again. I don't know if for me, I would make it where he gets a new bride every single, Mm. you know, it's like, what's the bride of the season? (laughs) I don't know if I would do that. Mm. Would you do more like reincarnation thing? No, I wouldn't do that because then we're leaving... We're already leaning towards Strahd, <laughs> and I want to move up and maneuver away from mm-hmm. that. My honest recommendation would be that he gets his bride, but they stay to opposite ends of the castle. Mm. So much so that she can be either an asset or a harm to the players. Because you may very well have a woman who 
is interested in power just like he is. And mm. he hates her mm. and she hates him, but she hates him purely because she knows he's where she gets her power. Mm. It is somebody who is just as bad as him. So rather than the idea of getting a wife that he then torments, he gets a wife that they torment each other almost. Could very well be. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it it becomes more interesting in the long run if you have one that keeps sticking around rather mm -hmm. than one that it, it it ends up becoming the wife is just an accessory. Yeah. And I think there's so much more that you could do with a character like that than just make her an accessory that then the party is either mm -hmm. going in to save her mm -hmm. or the body, the party is going in to avenge her. Because then, too, I think for your guy, he would be well aware of the fact that if he torments them to death, then he's going to be moving towards death, which mm -hmm. would make him not a rager. That would make him depressed. Gotcha. Because he would, quote unquote, die mm -hmm. without a wife, based upon what you're saying. Uh, he deteriorates, at least. He wouldn't, uh, he, would, he wouldn't die. He just becomes a skeletal lord, essentially. Then what would be the point of having a wife? Um, so one thing I wrote down was that his servants are now immune to any cruelty he can invict on them. And so they are part of the mist or the mist's attempt to keep this cycle going. Mm -hmm. They are acquiring the bride not out of his orders, but out of essentially an unspoken command from the domain. Mm. I would make it more permanent. I would find a way to make it more permanent. The the wife yeah. specifically. The deterioration and all that, that's whatever. That that's cool flavor mm -hmm. to add in should something happen to the wife during the campaign. But I think it is more intriguing to give a counterpart that the players can have as an introduction to this character to begin with. What could happen is he is a, the beginning of his descent into darkness happens where he's tormenting this wife he's been given that he doesn't like. She does jump to kill herself, but she doesn't die in that act. The act of him allowing it to happen is enough that the mists take over. And so she, along with everything else, are technically thrown into this so i think there are two ways she can die but she's an undead and mm -hmm. anything he does to her renders her beautiful again and mm -hmm. him ugly to be clear i am okay with having the first wife die okay so this the second one is this one would sticking be around yes okay this would be any wives after that i think mm -hmm. there are more interesting things you can do with them that's than fair. just that's fair. recycling them yeah Sorry, that's what I was saying. I don't know how much you wanted discussion, but I was just <laughs> no, you, no, you're good. Throwing again, my this cents. was this was me in a vacuum coming up with it for like three pages of notes. So because no. you would three pages, three pages. Oh, I have the whole page where I wrote out each section and then where I filled in details. It's only three pages. It's not that much. She has handwritten one full non notebook page, full page handwritten notes because that's the best way I do notes. I just want to point out to all of you at home, she handwrote <laughs> a full page front and back. Yeah. Because if I type it, I never get anywhere. If I handwrite no it, I have to commit to it. Handwritten front and back. Yeah. It's actually My wife is insane. <laughs> Honestly, now you say that, um, I'm not <laughs> agreeing with you. But that could be what's happened is... You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, Vemlu was given a second bride from the mists. Mm-hmm. And that bride is cruel or insane. Take your pick. And as long as she is there, he's okay. He's normal, which leads to the idea of him being drunk constantly. Because otherwise, if he's not drunk, 
that cruel streak kicks in and he will rage. So he's suppressing his own nature in order to stay in the state he is. Yeah. Which does beg the question then, what happens if something interferes where he's not kept drunk? He believes himself to be intelligent, and an intelligent man doesn't rage. Mm -hmm. But he knows that if he is sober, Mm -hmm. that his wife and he will drive each other to rage. So he stays drunk Mm -hmm. to control, because that's a smart move. Yeah, I like that better. (laughs) Now, I will say, too, one of the things, just because I've been doing study into Strahd, um, one of the things with the Domains of Dread is that the dark powers that are in control are doing this originally as a punishment. Mm -hmm. So it could make sense for the Domains to be giving him this wife as a punishment Mm -hmm. specifically, which would add to it overall. So, yeah, that would work. I do think, too, this does lend to the original idea I had of him getting new bride. That he might not be on like the second bride, but in the you know centuries he's been here, he might be on at least four or five. It could also be. I know you're saying insane, but it could also be. Think to the. Um, I was thinking like Arabian Nights type of thing. Even. I'm not thinking that. <laughs> in the books of blood, it was a story. One oh. of my favorite ones that came out of the books of blood. The guy that had the demon living in his house. Yes. Yeah. Treat it that way. That she is seemingly either really is or is <laughs> acting as completely numb to anything yeah, and everything to her. that happens yep. to her which drives him more mm-hmm. crazy which would lead to the lead back to the drunkenness yeah he gets drunk which suppresses that anger a little bit yeah. where he can manage to because if he's not drunk he just goes into a rage rather than the cruelty it's pure anger anger and that's not what he wants yeah he believes himself to be above that Hey, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> I like that. Um, a couple of things with the domain itself, because again, the domain has to reflect the Dark Lord, it has to reflect what's going on and why it exists. So I imagine there are a lot of screams and laughter just always in the distant. So this is one of those things where you hear something and you can never pinpoint it. You'll never find a source. It's just a constant in the background. You could just make out someone screaming, just make out some cruel laughter. Um, the towns around the castle are very wealthy because that would be, at least in my original idea, that's where the brides are coming from the most. Mm-hmm. So that's where all the money is. Mm-hmm. But their fields have been salted and their livestock is always poisoned. And the villages further out from the castle, they are in poor dress, but they have at least passable gardens and they don't really need much for animals. Their animals are pretty much self-sufficient. The idea here is... The servants are paying the closer villages the most money because they're closer. So all that wealth that the that Vimlu has is going there. But that wealth is cursed. Because again, he doesn't believe money should solve problems. It's like that if you admit to something you paid off, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You're not you're now guilty of it. So anything that his money goes towards, any venture, any expenditure is cursed. So if you buy a field with money you received from him, it's a cursed field. Which would be very fun then for your players to receive this money to be paid. Like, yeah, we'll pay you in gold. They get the gold. They buy food with the gold and gold spo- and the, mo- the food spoils the next day. Find the city of gold. <laughs> we take the gold. <laughs> and then we go back to Spain and buy Spain. And then Spain falls to a plague and a warden disease all the same yeah. year because you've spent the money on it. I like it. And then the last aspect of the domain are the creatures there. And I definitely think this is a domain that needs a lot of undead just because it's that lack of life, that lack of emotion. 
So undead, spirits, things like that could be really interesting here. I wouldn't use lycanthropes or werewolves mm -hmm. necessarily. Um, and I would hesitate to use anything like demons. But I think you could probably branch out a little bit to like imps maybe. Anything that is a cruel, impartial character or monster could be interesting in this domain. I would not do undead. I would lean toward demons and devils. Really? Entirely. And the reason I say that is what this guy kind of represents in my mind is corporate gone crazy. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about a guy that no matter what you buy, it falls apart, mm -hmm. then you have demons mm -hmm. and devils that are preying upon that. You'd want to go demons then because demons are um, chaotic or are lawful evil. Mm -hmm. So they make the deal, pay off on it, and then you could also do some gins, possibly. Yeah. yeah. But even at that, I mean, doing doing the setup of devils, that gives you specifically a direction to go for whatever dark power is in mm -hmm. charge of this domain slash your guy, whatever yeah. his name was. I mean, you mentioned the idea of the anti-butin beast. Mm -hmm. It could be that as he rages against his his impartial wife <laughs> who doesn't respond, the more the angrier he gets, the more demonic or devil form he takes on. He so rages he against drunk. her because she keeps making deals. <laughs> she Every time she leaves the castle, she makes another deal. And he has to deal with that. I love that. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, but like legitimately, that would be fun. See, the first interaction, imagine the players would have with him. Thinking of the party we've got. They show up at the castle there's a feast or like dinner is going on. They walk in. You have the wife who is like very much like not, not, no one's home type of personality. Like she's there. She's smiling. She's happy, but she's not fully where it's going on. She's just kind of there. And yeah. then you have Vemlu who is drunk, who is cheery enough. At least he's maybe a bit solid, mm -hmm. but he's fairly cheery, dark humor type stuff. And the next day after the drink has worn off, if your party's still there, they realize he's very angry and he's very cruel because he immediately insults them. Little things happen in the night that cause them pain and discomfort. And it just stacks up over time the longer they stay. And then if they do any jobs for him, they get paid or if the servants pay them and then they buy stuff with that gold and everything falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> we have taken Beauty and the Beast and turned it into an allegory of the shop worker. <laughs> I see your beating beast and turn it into corporate greed. <laughs> Vimlu works customer service. <laughs> <laughs> the customer is not always right. We've made him relatable. <laughs> this is a problem. I mean, he's still cruel at the core yeah. of it. If he's yeah. drunk, he will do everything he can to hurt people around him. Yeah. Which means the villages around him are going to take the brunt of it. Yeah. Because, I like it, though. Yeah. Unfortunately, the servants are immune to it. His wife is impartial to it. So guess who's going to have to take that punishment? The party. The, mm, the party and the villages around are the only ones he has left to be cruel to. So, of course, that's why I put the idea like the fields have been salted. I mean, what's the point of that? Because where is your food coming from? Those fields. But he's already he salted them. Or he caused that to happen, at least. So that is our Dark Lord, based upon our characters. Again, thanks everyone who sent in a character that way. And we do have one more to wrap up with. Um... This one may not be quite as long because we are not creating the Dark Lord. We are really creating a domain for them. So our friend Aaron over at Wizard Co. Dice, um, whose email threw me off because I didn't know who was at first. <laughs> he 
you done messed up AA wrong. <laughs> yep, always leave a note. <laughs> but he sent us two Dark Lords to be able to create domains with. And I love both of them. So I'm going to leave up to Casey to decide which one we do. Oh, I have not heard either of these. Mm-hmm. We have Asmodin. He is a cunning trickster with high deception. He uses disguises to hurt women and children or trick town folks and players to swear to him. Um, he said, or, or tricks town folks to swear to him, I'll protect you, I'll keep you safe. At which point they made a binding contract to serve him for five days. Um, or that person will disappear. <laughs> so basically we have a probably lower demon with Asmodin who is convincing, tricking people into making deals and just in general being cruel using disguises. Okay. Then we have the headhunter. The headhunter is a pit fiend or a pit fiend with torn off wings and he's determined to win back his spot in the ninth hell. Um, he has to collect 1,000 heads of the strongest fighters or who he believes to be at least the strongest fighters. Um, he travels by night on with a wagon to collect the heads and returns by daybreak. And his wagon has spikes for the trophies, as well as bells to scare off people or charm them, depending upon what he needs. So we've got two Dark Lords we can expand out a little bit and create domains with. So which one are you most interested in? I'm always inclined to pick the non-brutal option. Not because I don't want to do brutal, but because I think brutal is too easy mm. slash too overly done. Okay. That said, there might be a way to turn Headhunter charismatic, mm. and that could be just as interesting. Could take it from the approach of rather than collecting 100 heads, he just 100 heads equals 100 or 1,000 people. Oh, no. I mean, I, he can collect his 100 heads. <laughs> He's just people, people like him mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. He can be smart about how he does it. You know, it's, it's blatantly open that they... Well, he, if, if he's a domain of dread, I don't know if we want to make him likable, but he is charismatic in how he does what he does. Mm -hmm. It is, he's kind of a John Wick type, almost a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen rather than, you know, I will grind your bones to make my bread. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, I will cut off your head and it will find its place to my wall. And I will make sure that I spit upon it <laughs> as I walk by. To remind you, within whatever part of you is left, that you messed up hmm. when you talked to me. <laughs> it does mention in the Guide to Ravenloft to consider how the villagers react. Because there are normal people living within these domains. So what is it about them that they justify it? So it could be that he is a very charismatic traveler that if has a very, maybe just a very quick temper. And he's a very good fighter. So, you know, the obvious thing is he's picking, finding people to pick fights with so he can take their heads. But the village is like, no, nah, I mean, it's just a thing that happens. All right. It's just how life is. Um, one example that mentions is nihilistic. In, yeah. In Barovia, all the people live there know it's awful. They know Strahd's there, but they don't actively seek to do anything about it. It's that type of mentality. The idea that this is just the way life is. And so how do you justify it? And that could be justification. If he is, if the players hear about him and they think he's a monster, he's this horrible thing that comes through, and then they see him go, oh, he's big, he looks like a guy, maybe slightly monstrous, depending upon how much you want to play up the pit fiend idea. 
but he isn't seemingly going out of his way to do this. And it could just be that charisma that he is looking for the guy he can pick a fight with to justify the fight rather than just him picking the fight in the first place. I'm tempted to say that he is pulling bodies in from the outside, mm-hmm. similar to Strahd. Mm-hmm. That the villagers don't react to him because the villagers aren't the might, targets. They aren't the targets or they're in on the joke, mm-hmm. so to speak. That they are doing what they can to help prepare it. Because in their mind, if we don't, then it will be us. Gotcha. Better someone you don't know than someone you do. Yeah. Better the devil you know than the one that yeah. you don't. Yeah, that's true. So it could even be like there is legitimately like a pit for fighting. That they, when people come in, they start preparing because they know there's going to be a fight. Yeah. Literally, we, I never said which one I picked, but I guess we're doing Headhunter. So let's <laughs> yeah. do Headhunter. Now that we're official, official. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think that could be an interesting way or a terrifying way to pull this. Mm-hmm. That you have a land that seems bright and happy at the beginning of it as you enter. Mm-hmm. and everybody is celebrating, and there's a feast, and you're brought <laughs> together, and essentially it's all just fattening up the pig for slaughter, yeah. as by the end of this, the real, true founder of the feast shows up, and it is stated at that point, you have come in, mm-hmm. you've accepted food, you've accepted the... Challenge accepted. <laughs> not the challenge, but you, you have accepted the responsibility. Mm. that comes along with the feast and the players sitting there are going you have what huh (laughs) and at that point then it said either now we're gonna fight Mm -hmm. or it could very well be in x number of days we will battle get your affairs in order Mm -hmm. just funny because they're stuck in a domain of dread that they can't just send letters home to (laughs) i mean there might be a way if Strahd can bring people in yeah. and can send letters out. You could have it be like the villagers are allowed to collect items or like they can, they will receive a name of the person this goes to. Yeah. And then in your death, this is magically teleported to that person. I hate to keep comparing it to Strahd, but like Strahd's the most well-known one in Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. If Strahd is able to give free reign to one group of people to come and go as they please, that's an open ability across the board, I would say. Yeah, yeah. If they're able to control what comes in and out of their domain. I love the idea, too. It's not just as bright happy, but it's only bright happy when people are invited in, so to speak. Yeah. So it's almost like they are in a spotlight. Everywhere else is dark. So, so if you're playing, it's always dark over there. But it's always bright where we are. And so eventually that would just be a constant daytime, essentially, that would wear them down. They're constantly in a spotlight. I mean, I would even say you could do it where it's bright and happy because they've shown up. And it's a... It, the. The realm itself is celebrating Mm -hmm. a new challenger has arrived. (laughs) A new challenger has arrived. Um, But a new challenger has come into the battle, and so the world is celebrating. And as the challenge gets closer, the weather gets worse. Mm -hmm. The village begins to deteriorate. (laughs) Um, I think it would be interesting to have some form of representation of the torn off wings Mm -hmm. that maybe either there's no birds in this place Mm -hmm. Mm. Or there are things like kiwis running around <laughs> that barely have arms and are unable to fly. Was it in Australia that they had to feed in riot gear? It's not emus. It's something else. I think it's emus. Is it? Yeah. Imagine a bunch of stuff like that. Things that from distance seem kind of harmless, but then you get close, you go, oh, no, this is a problem. Yeah. You could even have some dinosaurs if you wanted to. Potentially, you could. Or at the very least, you could reflavor and reskin some dinosaurs Yeah. to make it fit. 
because that would for i mean if it's a pit fiend that has lost its ability to fly Mm -hmm. and you can definitely have like wings are the motif of um the headhunter like he shows up with the wagon the wagon is a bunch of big fan fanfare with rotting skeletons on it (laughs) yeah and i think too that could be if for any reason your players are not invited in but are just dragged in by accident I think there's always an option with the Domain of Dread for that. Mm-hmm. That they see this very kind of, almost like after a circus leaves town type of look. It's very deserted. Everything's kind of just run down, barren. The town is basically an off-season. So everything's kind of dreary, kind of dull. And occasionally in the mist, you hear these bells that chime for a wagon. And if the villagers hear the bells, they hide. Because for them, since there's no one for the headhunter to fight, they are now a potential target if they are seen. And now we have the child catcher from, <laughs> what's its name? Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty yeah. Bang Bang. I mean, that's a good comparison, though. Can you All imagine him out there just... today. <laughs> I'm just imagining like Randy Savage just calling out for a challenger, and if no one answers, <laughs> he'll move on. Okay, I know you said Randy Savage. Yeah. But I have a new hag idea. <laughs> Granny oh. Savage. <laughs> you best say john cena <laughs> no i legit heard granny savage and my brain was like like a hag like granny savage she, and then you were like precursor to him she shows up the day before he does <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i mean you mentioned like representation it could be that he has someone like his entourage gets there before him and includes a hag includes possibly another de- demon or devil it's possible i don't know if i would do a hag hags are very that's very strawed so I I would lean more towards something else. Imps would probably be good for that, honestly. Uh, this might be, I, I hate to be um, antagonistic. This might be the time to pull the undead. Mm. That if you're a headhunter, then even in death, you can't get away. So it's a bunch of zombies or a bunch of bodies walking around without heads. That's the, yeah, a lot of the um, scarecrows. It could be scarecrows. <laughs> you could do scarecrows, yeah. Yeah, they have, you have, they have something else for a head now that their head has yeah. been taken. What you would basically do is retake any kind of clockwork creatures or steampunk yeah. creatures and use those in place of. Just retheme them zombies. Yeah, right? pretty much. It's You've never watched it, but for those of you out there that's watched Frankenstein's Army, it would be like that. Retooling bodies with machine parts within them. Um, any other aspects of the domain or of the headhunter as a dark lord we want to establish? We mentioned the idea that he needs a thousand heads in order to win back his spot. Mm-hmm. Do we think it's possible for him to get that thousand heads? I think it's a Sisyphan task. I think mm-hmm. he's done it before, and I don't mm-hmm. think he remembers that he's done it. I almost imagine he's got like a wall of heads, but the problem is they've rotted and fallen off, so at no point has he ever collected a thousand at once. He's gotten like the 800 but then he noticed, oh, I missed a spot over here. But the head just has decayed and fallen off. For me, it's the nature of the domains of dread that it's almost a limbo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if it's a limbo, then it's a continuing punishment. And for yeah. it to be continuing punishment, the players know, the village might know, yeah. or the players can find out. But the headhunter will never completely know or knows and cannot accept. That's what I was saying. He probably just can't accept it. But to that Which is degree, still a punishment, though. to that degree, if we're talking about knows and can't accept it, he's not even going to accept that it's even a possibility. Yeah, it's it is still repressed mm-hmm. within his mind. 
that you are the fools for even bringing it up. It's not possible. It couldn't have happened. <laughs> I think to me, that's a little less interesting. That makes the character a little bit more weak, but that is a way that you could do it. It is interesting though. This is the idea of a, a devil specifically that is being brought to the domains of dread where usually we get a humanoid character. So that's interesting because you'd have to think devils are already evil. So what, what has he done? And I don't think we need to answer this now. But the idea, like, you really play around with what is it that he did that pushed over the edge that he was essentially banished from the Nine Hells, and then the mortal plane said, now nah, you're too evil. <laughs> you're, you've got a spot already ready to go. <laughs> it would have to be something to do with how he lost his wings. Yeah. Either that he was trying to overthrow and in doing so made enemies, mm-hmm. or um, I don't know, maybe it was in a in a pit fight that went wrong kind of thing. I love the idea that he was exiled from the Nine Hells for disloyalty of some kind. And when he got to the mortal plane, he was good at first. And then that cruel streak kicked back in. And that's what did it. Because I think that would be interesting. It wasn't just he's immediately cruel and kicked out, but he gets there and he just kind of wanders for a bit, not really sure what to do. And then once he actively starts being evil again, that's what triggers it. Yeah, I think that covers it for this guy. I don't know if there's anything else I would add. There's probably lots of little details we could hash out, but I think for an overview, that'll work. So thank you again, Aaron, for sending it to us. And if you need dice, be sure to check out uh, Wizard Dice Co. on Instagram and Twitter. He has some very pretty dice that he's made, and I really want the mold that he created because it looks really good. (laughs) We'll have to request some dice at some point. At some point. Yeah, you need more dice. (laughs) More dice. (laughs) Totally, you need more dice. Those have been our Dark Lords and their respective domains of dread. Um, I know, like, Ravenloft has been out for, like, six months now, so this is not a new thing. <laughs> We're jumping on bandwagon late. But let us know if you created a Domain of Dread and any um, Dark Lords or ladies for them. Or if you've used any of the characters that are in the book. Send us your ideas for Vimlu or Headhunter. If you had different ideas or better ideas, of course you're going to have better ideas <laughs> than what we had. Because we would be interested in hearing them. Mm-hmm. Let us know. And let us know if you want to see another episode like this. There's probably at least two other resource books we can pull from if we wanted to. There's at least one person. That person who was going to look for our live podcast feed. <laughs> we will leave this episode there then. And we'll be back with our regularly scheduled bod. Regularly and- <laughs> scheduled bod? And we'll be back with our regularly scheduled broadcast next next time. Goodness gracious. Need food. You need water <laughs> and help. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm insane. (laughs) Well, goodbye. Hello. Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. <laughs>